This is the Formation Lab. Welcome one, welcome all to the Formation Lab, the Operation Ivy of F1 and IndyCar podcasts. Brilliantly influential, yet criminally unlistened to. My name is Luke. I'm joined, as always, by my partner in crime, Tim. Tim, how are you doing? I'm doing great tonight, sir. My dog ate another one of my hats, but it's Monday and Monday's over. Now I get to sit here with you and talk about the great world of motorsport. I'm thrilled. Let's go. First off, though, I got to ask, what hat is it? Uh, It was just a blank hat. Okay, all right. I only ever wear blank hats, so I don't piss anybody off. That's not but <laughs> my, my dog seems to enjoy punching holes in the top of them. Um, oh, my goodness. That's brilliant. That is brilliant. Yeah. Uh, he's showing right. me right now. So, yeah, well, yeah, you know what? It, I just turned it into my running hat. Yeah. You know what, though? It's Monday. And not only is it Monday, right? And we, we're Motorsport through it. Monday. Right. And we're through it. Right. Right. But then Tuesday comes, then Wednesday comes, and then we start to get a little bit of on track activity. And then we were start racing Friday at Worldwide Technology Raceway. And then the Bomberito 500 is on Saturday. Tim, you and I are going to be there. Dylan's going to be the whole crew is going to be there. Everybody's going to be there. And uh, it's a it's a special kind of week here, isn't it? It's a great week. <laughs> uh, I look forward to this week every year. Um, it, it's great because a we're in for a good race because the track at worldwide technology raceway is amazing. It's not your traditional oval. Um, it's got some, it's got some character to it. Um, and Bomarito Marito knows how to throw a party. <laughs> they really do. So we're excited. We're excited. We have uh, some special treats lined up between now and then, which is part of the reason we're recording from home right now, but just stick with us. We have special treats. Uh, I was actually uh, at the track earlier today recording something I'm going to put on Twitter in a little bit, uh, which is kind of a short overview of kind of little weird things that even a permanent facility has to do to prep for the Bomberito 500 to prep for a race of any uh, level things like um, Tim, did you know we're street sweeping? We have a big you know parking lot in the middle of the infield. Did you know we have to have a street sweeper out there? Uh, but we have to plan this street sweeper around keeping the cart track open. Then we have to disassemble the cart track so we can put uh, trailers on there. That sounds exhausting. Yeah. Did you know that uh, we're going through all of the curbs and we're double checking the tire marks and we're repainting over the tire marks, power washing over and repainting and touching up the curbs? I had no idea. Yeah. Uh, tons of little things like that happen. So yeah. it, it's it's awesome. Awesome to see uh, the race get prepared, but we can't talk too much about that because mm-hmm. we had a race this weekend that mm-hmm. was uh, a lot of fun over in Indianapolis. And uh, look, the race was a bit of a slow burn. It was kind of the opposite of the Music City GP in that sense. That it was, yeah. it was green for the, a long time. It was green for a long time. Um, the opening, you know, foray was interesting. Um, the opening uh, stint, but yeah, we settled in and became very F one ish. It it really did. So Alex, uh, or excuse me. Uh, as I go to the race results there, Will Power takes the win. Alex Pillow remains your championship leader, as I was saying, but not due to what I would say a very strong weekend from him. More like a uncharacteristically weak weekend from Scott Dixon, who spins in uh, the his, his first run of qualifications and misses the Firestone Fast 12. I'd have to look it up, but I don't know when the last time Scott Dixon was outside of the Fast 12 by that much. He starts in, uh, I believe he started nearly last and jumps up to P17. 
very on Scott Dixon like, which is why Scott Dixon is now my pick to win the Bomberito 500 at Gateway. Um, but yeah, a big win by. Well, oh, go ahead. No, you want to uh, you want to say no on that? No, I, I completely agree. But the thing I was going to say was it, it had to happen. Yep. Scott Dixon, remember like last year when he had that run of like five races that were just complete garbage? Yeah. So this happens to Scott Dixon where it, it's not necessarily his form. It's just a bad run of luck. Mm-hmm. And we, since we always talk about how he's got a surgically implanted and horseshoe in his ass, sometimes he's got to pay the pay, pay the piper a bit. So that, I mean, yeah. I wasn't, I was kind of heartbroken for him because he's also like the nicest guy in the world mm-hmm. and one of the goat in IndyCar. Um, but at the same time, it's like, it has to happen. And I'm okay with it. If this, if Lewis went through this, which he in Formula One, I'd be kind of jazzed too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like let's switch it up. Let's see something else yeah. happen. So good Scott, news, Will Power is able to capitalize. Yeah, Scott Dixon has been dominant by IndyCar standards, but the difference is too. If you're swapping over from F1 and this like you know you're on break and you're trying to get into IndyCar, Scott Dixon has been dominant by IndyCar standards. But dominant by IndyCar standards is like a four-win season. So like right. not dominant, so dominant that like you get tired of seeing him win. Just like, oh my gosh, it seems to he's a machine. He's always on the podium. This, this guy, yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh like like legitimately, there's 10, you know, 10 guys who can podium, 15 guys who can podium on any given IndyCar race. And uh it's really more like, you know, nine guys and Scott Dixon will be up there. <laughs> That's how it feels sometimes. Anyway, but uh, Will Power is a good race. Roman Groschan takes home P2 again in Indianapolis in the road course. Uh, that was awesome to see Roman. He's so happy. I don't know if you saw it because this was at the post-race coverage, and I believe it was on Twitter. I saw it on Twitter. I'm pretty sure IndyCar and NBC retweeted it. But Roman Groschan gets out, and his kids are there, and they're like, Daddy, Daddy, that was so fast. He gets over and like uh, he takes his, you know, his little boy whose whose name escapes me at the moment. I apologize to Roman, uh, but he takes his little boy, kisses him on the head, kisses you know his other little boy and his daughter on the head, uh, hugs, kisses his wife, and then goes over to Colton Herta and does one of those like handshakes that like turns into a hug. And uh, Roman is living life well, man, right now on P two it. It was it was heartwarming to see his kids be like, "Daddy, that was a good race," and uh, he brings home another trophy in IndyCar. He, he does, and it's I don't know if if you were, if your heart isn't warmed by that whole situation, mm-hmm. you check your pulse. Yeah, um, yeah. you know it, it it for me, especially with our conversation that we had with him to hear that his kids had never been to a track. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to see him after everything last year see him able to get out of his car and have his family right there mm-hmm. next to the car literally in um, pit lane as he stopped and got out of the car yeah i just that that was the highlight of my weekend um you warms, know i'm warms the warms, cackles warms the cackles a little bit um i i'm i'm chuffed for him uh you know it's uh, I, I gotta find some romine yeah. merch because uh, uh, that's cool by the way, also uh, noteworthy, uh, Alexander Rossi finishes P4. Tim, he wasn't trying to push it. He wasn't trying to drive angry. He just rode a good wave. Tim, I, I think he found his Zen state. P4, and he just rides it out, accepts that the race shall come to him. And you saw that actually going on enough in the music city gp uh last week too it just you know he had a guy crash into him yeah. um, but I, he seems to be i, I sense a different style of driving or a different a different 
improved sense of patience from him. And I think that's good for him. Anytime you have that behind the wheel is good. Yeah. Um, you know, anytime you can take yourself out of the situation and do the longer calculation, um, mm-hmm. your racecraft is going to improve. At least that's what I've seen. Yeah. Um, you know, we can talk to Ryan Bierke about it later. Um, but I, I feel like the minute you're able to find that higher Zen state mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of settle in, you're going to do well. Yeah. So he finishes P4. And I think, though, we're, we're, we're going to land here for the big the big meaty chunk. We have two big meaty chunks we want to talk about and, and not both of them are within the race, but they affect the motorsports community at large. So this is going to be like, you know, if you're into F1, this is an F1 relevant talk. If you're into IndyCar, this is an IndyCar relevant episode. If you're into endurance racing, uh, formula Four, super formula, this is a relevant talk. Um, Christian Lundgaard, the story of the week. Okay. Comes out of Formula 2, all right? He's running in Formula 2 right now. I'm going to be straight with you. I, I kind of was like, do I know that name? But I didn't really know much about him. Running the FIA Formula 2 Championship. He's at ART Grand Prix, 12 races, one pole position, running 12th place in the points, right? And I'm like, that's where I know the run. He's, he's one of the guys that's over in Formula 2. Um, he decides, hey, <laughs> well, the Indy Road Course is the closest thing IndyCar has to a traditional European circuit. And Formula Two's on a break right now. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go make a run, right? I'm gonna go make a run with uh, Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan, and do a one-off entry into uh, into the Spiked Coolers Grand Prix, which is just a great name. But uh, <laughs> kind of sounds like a frat party gone wrong, doesn't it? Doesn't it? It's it's no Pirelli made in Italy Grand Prix of Emilia Romagna, but you know, right? Wow. <laughs> but what is you know? Right. But. Right. Uh, but he qualifies P4. He's on the outside of Roman Grosjean to start the race. Uh, I P4. think I, I think you and I need to throw that into our, our assumed discussion about the uh, current state and future of motorsport as a whole. Um, but that was impressive. Yeah. And I think it talks a lot about what actual talent is out there in the world. Yeah. And everybody let's, needs to reconsider IndyCar because it's awesome. Let's let's dissect that because he starts P4. He's fighting food poisoning, I believe, day of the race, too. And his first his first time in the an, last in, place I want to be <laughs> if I've got food poisoning is in the cockpit of an IndyCar. That I've never driven before than Not yesterday. Once. And I've never driven alongside cars up until now on the start against a formula one driver against you know against a former formula one driver in roman groshan and the one of the you know as top of the end of the indy car field as you can get between you know award rossi the guys who are starting up there uh awards p1 uh yeah award is having him a season like, like is there is there a worse place to be to have not just driving but like I've never driven this car and now I must do a rolling start, which I've never done before in an Indy car, which I've barely ever driven before against the top end of the field. Like if I was in last place, I could just kind of fade back and let the race come to me, but no. Yeah. yeah I, you you that, talk about it. Uh, cut out for him, but Hey, you know what? He gets passed by, right? He didn't have the most impressive race, but the weekend was impressive as a whole. He comes away P 12. Let's park it on the on the topic you were discussing because yes. he's running P12 in Formula 2 right now. If I am uh, 
Formula, if I am in the 13th through last place of the Formula 2 uh, competitors, uh, I am calling my manager right now, and I'm going ring-a-ding-ding-ding-ding. Yes, so look, next year or when I'm off for a week, you're going to find me a seat in this whole IndyCar ordeal because I think I'm a better driver than Christian, and uh, I think I can do pretty well. If you're Chris, if you're Nick Cassidy right now in Formula E, mm-hmm. you get your you get your fanny over and get into IndyCar. I mean, he goes and he roasts in Super Formula, but he's in Formula E right now. He does great in open. You you have to reconsider it if you're looking at Lungard. You're looking at the parity of the whole field that anybody, if you get the right setup can win on Sunday and you're, you're wanting to be competitive. You can see the money that's actually there. IndyCar has a great on-track product. You don't need to give it gimmicks. You don't need to give it anything else. It is good old fashioned wheel to wheel elbows out racing. And I, I just, if you're not calling your agent right now, what are you doing? Well, and the other thing is too, is, is it makes financial sense, right? Mm-hmm. If you're a formula two driver, the biggest thing standing between you and Formula One, uh, for many of them, isn't just talent. It's finances, right? Not everybody can be a Checo Perez. No, not that he's not talented. Checo Perez is brilliantly talented. But right. not everybody can be Checo Perez and carry literal, you know, dozens of millions of sponsorship dollars behind him everywhere he goes and have every step he takes sponsored by some different Mexican conglomerate. That's Uh, not how the world works. You know, I mean, yes, the the guy, the billionaire that's backing Checo is the same billionaire that backs Ayrton, Mm -hmm. but yeah, you're right. I mean, the the money needs to be elsewhere except for formula one. Mm -hmm. And I would love to see Indy lights get a bolstering, um, with some of these lower tier uh, formula drivers, um, I would love to see Grant. Hashtag sponsor Grant, everybody. Thank you. Hashtag sponsor Grant. Um, I would I would also say I would love to see IndyCar kind of pioneer what F1 isn't going to, which is you know incorporating more STEM, more you know things for younger mm-hmm. folks to get into the sport because yeah. we need more blood. The, you do, and there is such a talent. That's what I'm getting at, though, is there's such a talent pool out there, both mm-hmm. in terms of the engineering, but also in terms of the driver talent that just they're not going to get the Formula One because they don't have multi-millions in sponsorship. Yeah. Christian Lundgaard has to be realistically looking and going, uh, yeah, let's suppose my P4 qualification was a fluke. Um, I finished P12 in an IndyCar race in my first ever run, uh, if I ran six to eight races of that next year, I could probably get a full-blown seat on a team. And here's the kicker is I can bring my sponsors there. Uh, $6 million of sponsorship in Formula One that you bring to a team is a, a drop in the bucket. It's nothing. It's not nothing, but it's not a lot, right? Uh, $6 million, if you bring that sponsorship to IndyCar, you can fund the entire your entire ride. Like I was say, you, that's, that's, that's a whole other car. That's, that's, that's an entire car run by an entire team for an entire season. Financially, uh, if you're Christian Lungard, if you're anybody else in Formula 2, you have to be looking. And like you said, Formula E has to be looking too. There's so many niche – like, there's so many drivers that just – they don't have the chance, and this is your chance. Stoffel Van Dorn. Yeah. 
if Stoffel Van Dorn isn't calling and being like, hey, I need looking at Roman Grosjean, seeing just how mentally cooked he was and seeing how happy he is now. If Christian Van Dorn, who got Alonzoed for three years, isn't calling and being like, I want a, a, a chance. I just want a shot. If you're not doing that, bruh. Give, wait, me, in, wait, give, what? Me, give me into the Indy 500 field. That's all I right. want. Give me I want a 40, a 40 car grid. <laughs> we, we might be getting that because yes. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you right now. Uh, maybe not anytime soon, but we're working our way because right now the number I'm looking at hypothetically is 28 cars next year. Uh, it's important to note that some places like Toronto, I think only hold 24 to 26 Toronto and Detroit, I think are the two smallest ones, uh, <laughs> which means that you'll have, we're going we're to get some bump days. We're going to get some bump days for formula one fans. If this is your first time watching Giddy car, uh, we, there is no limit to the amount of, you know, cars that a team can run. And there's no limit to the amount of teams that can, you know, cars that can run full time. Uh, there's the only limit to an Indy car race is how many available pit stalls there are at the facility, which means if there's 26 pit stalls and there's 28 full-time racers, uh, you go to qualifications and two of our guys just are eliminated, <laughs> which is why, by the way, IndyCar pays points all the way down uh, through every finishing position, because the guy who finishes 33rd in the Indy 500 still deserves five more points for making the race than the guy who qualified and then got kicked out for being too slow and didn't get yep. the race. Um, which Bump Day is. Bump Day, you want to talk about a TV product thing. Can you imagine? Because oh. Bump Day at the Indy 500 is must watch. <laughs> I was going to say, I, Bump Day for the Indy road course. Bump Day... Bump day for the Bomberito. I mean, for Bomberito. come on. <laughs> I was talking to our good friend, uh, John Bishi. He's the pl- director of public relations and media at Worldwide Technology Raceway. Hashtag massive friend of the show. Massive friend of the show. He, he, is, he is everything honestly, to us. Honestly. Every single conversation, and it's been limited, but every conversation I have with him yeah. is one of the best conversations I've ever had. Yeah. They're and, awesome. And, and every piece of access we have comes through him, and he's he's just he's a good friend of mine. Anyway, but uh, he was saying, he's like, we're – you know, broadcasting, uh, we were, you know, doing a drag race on Saturday night. Like, Eddie goes, he goes, he goes, I recorded the, uh, I recorded the IndyCar race. How was it? I'm like, oh, it's was pretty good. He goes, he goes, I'm going to tell you I'm livid. Who's this Lundgaard kid? Why do they get 28 cars? We only have 24 <laughs> or 26 or whatever he said. I'm like, oh, he's like, why do they get 28 cars? <laughs> hey, John, if we want to extend the pit frame, make, make, worldwide technology bigger yeah i think i think i think this i think i don't think that's the limit i think the limit is um if you're a formula two driver saying hey do you want to go race an oval against indycar drivers in the heat of their championship race you're like i've never raced an oval before i i don't i don't know if i'm ready for that (laughs) i think it was cool i think if that can happen Mm -hmm. Some really cool stuff is on yeah. the way for IndyCar. But Roger at, Penske, please. Please. But 28 cars is the count I'm looking at next year. Maybe 29 because there's there was a special little visitor at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. There was another visitor uh, who I'm super pumped about. 
I am too. I think I go ahead. Go ahead. Spoil um, it for the people. One Alex Albon was present uh, in the pits and looking around, got a picture. Nice picture with uh, Roman Grosjean in the pit lane. Seemed to be to seen talking, by the way, also with Dale Coyne, owner of Dale Coyne Racing. That's <laughs> correct. And I will I will say that that the prospect of that is also extremely exciting. Alex last year going into the second half of the season or yeah uh looked strong um you know he started to have more consistent finishes everybody remembers 2019 when he's just stormed through the field could you imagine that kid that in kid, an indy car and, and i know what you're gonna say which is well he got you know left out for checo perez because his driving was so terrible Okay, yes, yes. I will say his driving was not up to the snuff, Max Verstappen is. And I have always been a second Red Bull seat apologist. I know that. But he wasn't up to the stuff of Max Verstappen. That's not fair to him. But no, and does, to, Checo to Perez, were... does Checo Perez look as talented as Max Verstappen right now? He looks – he is a more serviceable rear gunner. But Alex was chasing yeah. – right. Alex was chasing Max. That's what Christian pushed him for. Checo is chasing the rear gunner. He's chasing Valtteri. Yeah. So Matt Checo has a completely different mindset and he has a complete, he's also switched teams a couple times. Mm -hmm. So he knows what to do. Alex, they just kind of threw in the deep end said, go after, you know, uh, the equivalent of Michael Phelps and we'll pray for you. Um, I think, I think he is more the driver that we saw in spa 2019 where he came storming back through the field and got like a fourth place. Yeah, I think that's him. I, I agree with that. I think he'll be a very good IndyCar driver. Should he choose that? Which also, I think it was, uh, I do think it was Dale Coyne actually who said something along the lines of like he's definitely interested. I think he's very interested in an IndyCar seat in 2022. Which a team owner like Dale Coyne does not drop hints like that, uh, like lightly. that very often. Not yeah. lightly. But no. that'll be that'll be good. He's currently I, I don't want to say wasting away, but he's in he's in DTM right now. You can do, you can do better than the Deutsche Tourenwagen Masterschaft. All right, I'll tell you that he, right now. He's only done like three or four races, though, hadn't he? I think so. I think so. He's the it's reserve. Good. He's a reserve driver of Red Bull, which also uh, I believe is somebody with Red Bull is either Christian Horner or Helmut Marco said basically if he wants to go to IndyCar, we're not going to stop his career from doing that. Um, I saw a quote that was you know basically said. Uh, might have been from Robin Miller. He's like, look at Indy Roman Groshan is the best salesman IndyCar could have right now because in Roman apparently told Alex Albon, hey, you know, hey, a lot of things. I imagine he sold him on the series, but also he told him, hey, between you and me, uh, hit the gym. If you intend on doing this, start hitting the gym now, buddy. <laughs> we we did get to see now. We're not, you know, saying anything, you know, crazy, but uh, we did see a significantly more buff uh, Roman Grosjean yes. at the testing day. Uh -huh. um, his his abs are massive. <laughs> they are. They're, they're huge. Yeah. Um, I, I will also say I'm excited because if Alex Albon comes over and the, uh, okay, tinfoil hat. Uh -huh. Two of the biggest storylines out of Netflix, Drive to Survive, were Roman Grosjean and Alex Albon. What if IndyCar gets a drive to survive? Not a, yeah, they can get a drive to survive. They can get a spinoff or something like that. I'm sure that, that look, IndyCar is not going to say no to that. Uh, the the question is, will somebody, you know, ask them? Um, 
But not only that. Yes, producers of Drive to Survive do it. It's so much fun. You'll get so much more access. They'll tell you everything. Listen to the the Beyond the Grid podcast with Roman Grosjean this year where – uh, Tom Clarkson talks to him and says, you know, what's the paddock like? He goes, everybody's so open. Uh-huh. He's like, Colton Herta told me exactly how to attack ovals. Yeah. And yeah. he's like, we, we, and we just sit outside and barbecue all night. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it would, you wouldn't get the drama and explosiveness you get. Like it, the, you wouldn't get your, your uh, Gunter Steiners, right. You wouldn't get your Gunter Steiner moments, but you know, all those things where you're trying to like build up Carlos signs and, you know, or you build Lewis Hamilton's relationship with his trainer and you're doing these dude, IndyCar human interest pieces pieces would be insane. Like, like legitimately, like, like Tim, you and I are Joe Schmo and we got, we got that kind of access with it, Roman and any other driver who we could talk to at the test alone. And we're, we're Joe Schmo Seb, with a media bad. Seb Bourdais, we got, uh, you know, McLaughlin. We got, yeah. you know, any anybody that was there. When we If we had wanted to go for Hinch or wanted to go for Rossi, we probably could have. Yeah. You it, know, we talked to we talked to pit mechanics who just told us stuff. Yeah, it, it that would be it is, huge. It is what I imagine our friend Wolfgang experienced <laughs> back in the 80s yes. with Formula One. Yes. So not only that, but if Alex Albon wants to come over to IndyCar, Let's talk just in general. Let's suppose they don't get drive survive. IndyCar, I, if I remember looking at the subreddit metrics, the IndyCar subreddit has doubled between the start of the 2020 season and now. Doubled. As it should. IndyCar right. is a like our like is, our show. It is very influential and massively underwatched. <laughs> yes, yes, but uh, but. Part of that, a large part of that, uh, is due to the drive to survive bump of. Roma Groshan comes over. You see more Roma Groshan players than any, basically any other driver at this point. Um, so I, I think Alex Albon comes over, gives IndyCar another bump, another bump, because I don't think people think, you know, IndyCar and F1 are competing. IndyCar is not competing with F1. IndyCar is trying to retake its position as the true form of American motorsport back from nascar because it was before the split then nascar comes in nascar becomes a huge boom in the late 90s mid 2000s i think indycar is fast tracking its way and alex albon's a huge step towards it as well as roman who has been into when you picture americans racing you picture the indy 500 and not nascar that that is probably one of the best points you've made in a very long time. I completely agree with that. Um, I think NASCAR is the direct competition, and NASCAR is hemorrhaging viewers. I yep. also think uh, they're up against other American sports, namely football. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that crowd has a big overlap with those that would enjoy the whiz bang of the IndyCar races, um, and. I think that they have a good chance to do that because the NFL is also hemorrhaging viewers. Yeah. So I think uh, that would be, Oh my God. Yeah. So yeah. that, uh, yeah, you're completely correct. Yeah. Because if you think about it, the reason NASCAR went through the boom, not the entire reason, but a big chunk was uh, IndyCar split in twain, right? The does Carton is the IRL later champ car in the IRL. Both of them about went bankrupt. Uh, NASCAR filled in that gap. And I think the IndyCar yeah, like it, it, you see more people in an IndyCar 
thread on Twitter, on Facebook, on Reddit, on what, whatever have you, right? Who are, hey, it's a Na- I'm a NASCAR fan. This is my first IndyCar race. That was a lot of fun. Uh, who is this? What is this? What's happening here, right? I, I can't name the last time I've seen that. And I granted, I don't watch every NASCAR race. I, I'm in tune with NASCAR, but I don't watch every NASCAR race. Um, you see more, you see, you don't see that at all in a NASCAR thread. Every time I think about NASCAR or I hear about NASCAR, it's always some gimmick. It's a gimmick like it, or gonna, it is some kind of thing that went wrong. Right. Or it's, you know, some kind of like, Hey, we're going to put dirt on a speedway yeah. and pray it goes well. And it's like, why, mm-hmm. you know, why are we going yeah. for gimmicks? This is stupid. Like yeah. improve your product or don't. Yeah. But I think, I think that's, that's where IndyCar is heading. I think Alex Albon will be another key to the puzzle of, you know, na- race day Sunday is now in the public eye an IndyCar running around uh, Indianapolis Motor Speedway instead of a NASCAR running around Talladega. And I think that that's uh, a big thing that's coming up for IndyCar. IndyCar viewership is just ticking upwards and upwards and upwards and upwards. I, I I'm excited about the future of IndyCar and this weekend with Christian Lundgaard taking on P12, but qualifying P4, by the way, is huge. And I want to make one final point about Christian Lundgaard, by the way, uh, because we'll use this to transition into our other schmeedy topic, um, which is Christian Lundgaard qualifies P4 behind Roman Grosjean, who qualifies P3. Now, if you're an F1 fan, we always talk about the gray area between F1 drivers and IndyCar drivers, right? If you're an F1 fan, you want to say F1 has the greatest drivers in the world. If you're an IndyCar fan, you want to say IndyCar has the greatest drivers in the world. There's gray area, right? What it should tell you, though, is here's a guy who's one year removed from being in Formula One, okay? And I know you'll say he was bad, but that Haas car is a dog. It's a dog. Say, he There's, was bad. On his day, he was fast. He was he crashy, was, but fast. Right. So, and everybody, if you watched him back pre-Haas, they will tell you, oh, he's really quick. He's just crashy, right? So here's a really quick by F1 standards, Roman Grosjean. Again, take Haas out of the equation, y'all. And then you have a Formula 2 driver in P12 uh, right on the outside in his first run in IndyCar. I think, honestly, there might be a lot more gray area between Formula 2 and some of the F1 drivers. And I know Formula 2 drivers usually, you know, they step up and they have to get accustomed. But Yuki Sonoda, he hasn't had the best rookie season, but he's middle of the road. And is he middle of the road or is the car middle of the road? And if the car's middle of the road, how much gray area is there between Yuki Sonoda and I won't use Pierre Gasly. We know he's talented. And some other guy who is wallowing away, uh, because he got called up from F2 into a Williams or something. You, you, do you feel what I'm saying here? There's I, there's I a gray area here because we just saw two guys, one of who is one year, less than one year removed from Formula One and one who's in Formula Two qualify within two hundredths of each other. And I'm excited to see that experiment continue. Yeah. You know, it, small sample size. Small but. sample size, obviously. Like uh, this is IndyCar freak things happen like this. But it is an interesting thought experiment though because I – I think the global pool of talent is it's not a lot o- it's it's not oil and water in terms of F1 talent then you have indie car talent then you it is it is a murky swampy mess of who's who it it is 
and I'm excited to see it continue. Yeah. So that brings us nicely, by the way, into the other big global news of murky mess and Mercedes, um, who I think probably at this point in 2019, in the very first season of our show, we were like, I think they're going to make a permanent jump into Formula E. Not the first time we've been wrong. Won't be the last. I guarantee you that. That is the only thing I will guarantee you is that we will be wrong again. In fairness to us. Everyone was shocked. Yeah. They're pulling out of Formula E. Yeah, they are. And that leaves the only German manufacturer in Porsche. Everybody else has pulled out. Which here's here's an interesting thing. So this should tell you something about companies' faith in Formula E as a viable – either a viable racing series or also the path to future racing, right? Um, but also I should tell you – German got German companies are pulling out German companies among the global car market, just consumer market are among the, the leaders in pushes for electric. Germany is nuts marching towards electric vehicles, right? For, for better mostly, but also for worse a little bit. Right. Um, it, so for German manufacturers, except for Porsche to start yoinking out, that should tell you something. Uh, and I can't tell what it is, whether it's, I know that total wolf was there, um, because Mercedes did clinch, uh, the formula E championship, uh, the, over the weekend, mm-hmm. um, in formula E, the new ABB formula E thing. And, uh, Nick DeVries, their driver clinched the, uh, driver's championship. I think I'm a little off put, not off put, I'm suspicious. He's suspect he's sus. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> with you his comments, sus? he's sus. Yeah. I'm, I'm cool. Like vodka. the kids these days. Yeah. Um, but they, but he said that it was because of, uh, the type of racing and you need to say, you know, does the, does this thing work? Um, and he's talking about the category as a whole, does the category work? Mm-hmm. I don't think that's the case. I think, um, with Daimler's desire to reduce their role in formula one, that's why they brought in Ineos as a name uh, sponsor with how they're rolling back DTM with the, with you know, all their investment. Um, they're not really getting a whole lot involved in WEC. I think Mercedes is looking at the future of cars and what role they'll play. I think that they don't see electric as the long-term future. That's why all German manufacturers are pulling out. I think that they're personally, uh, I know that Mercedes is making a big push uh, or at least has been rumored uh, a lot to be looking at alternative fuels. So like, um, you know, I know there's uh, British petroleum is, is investing tens of millions of dollars in their um, R and D department to look at uh, algae and things to, you know, have an like hydrogen, have an alternative right. uh, investment fuel Which- because globally, globally, we're not going to be able to, to do the whole battery thing. Lithium is a rare earth metal. Yeah. And, you know, there are only several deposits around the world. And if you're going to make this many cars, several the deposits, you're going to go flat, you're going to need, several deposits uh, by the way, most of the rare earth materials that you'll find are in uh, one specific nation who is, you don't want to, you know, is not the easiest to deal with trade wise, shall we say in China. Um, so it, yeah, like batteries are tough. Uh, I think too, from a uniquely American perspective too, one of the faults of batteries is it's really Getting it's tough. It is 
tough for me to stop. I would have driven an electric car a long time ago. You know why I don't, why I don't drive an electric car, Tim? Because they're expensive as hell. Uh, no, I think I would have. I, I think I would have figured out a way to finance one, maybe a cheaper that's, like that's why little, I don't. little leaf or something. But of course, I also have a 2002 yeah. Chevy Tahoe sitting in yeah. my driveway. <laughs> but the reason, I, I mean, I drove a Prius for a long while. Right. The -hmm. reason I don't drive an electric car and I don't plan on anytime soon, I don't think my next car purchase will be electric, is because, Tim, um, I have to road trip to Houston for work. I have to go to Denver every once in a while. I have to drive to Indianapolis a couple times a year every year uh, for races and for funsies. I have to I drive to the 24 hours of Daytona. The battery range, even if you doubled it, is it's just not sustainable i well not sustainable it's not tenable for me as an american to do kind of what's ingrained in me culturally which is drive a stupid distance across this nation and, and go see things right uh, and it's also it's not viable for anyone and also the recharge times yeah holy guacamole stop and stop for 30 minutes at something and i know you can be like well we can just continue dotting along there but for me isn't it you know for me uh I don't want to stop every two hours for 30, you know, every, well, maybe not two hours, but every so often for 30 minutes, even if it is at a rest stop, I want to, and, I want to crank through this thing. I want to go. And what are they going to do to the cannonball run? Yeah. yeah. What is it going to do to the cannonball run? Will somebody think of the cannonball run? <laughs> yes. The game for rich people who don't care about human life. Um, or the law or, or anything. The, exactly. Um, uh, oh, but, we don't, we don't endorse it, but we are impressed by it. <laughs> It's undeniably impressive. Um, But, uh, you know, it, the viability on many, many fronts is just not there. And so I think that Mm -hmm. this move to pull out a formula E to pull out, you know, formula one almost. Yeah. Um, is a move toward finding alternative fuels and then maybe reinvesting. It, it's the official stance of this podcast, by the way. We're not anti-electric cars, especially if you live in like a, a dense city. Man, electric and one of those little electric like Renault things that just gets you around looks dope. But it's the official stance of this podcast is we support a move to alternative fuels uh, rather than electrics because not only that, it's better. I think long-term for the earth, but it's also better for motorsports. Do you know what the great thing about hydrogen or algae or whatever is, is that it's an alternative fuel, which means that that is still combustion, which means that you can still have screaming engines, uh, which is, I mean, it sounds, you know, it sounds archaic, right? It sounds like, oh, this is just a redneck American. And I do work in a drag strip, but I will tell you right now, what made me fall in love with the sport is standing next to a massive engine that almost made my ears bleed, breathing in nitromethane, f- feeling my face burn, having every one of my as- senses assaulted. Uh, because that's the, that's, that's what, that's what's so fun about motorsports is when you F1, you know, back in the day, you pass by this machine and you're like this is this thing can murder me it's great it's part of the appeal it's the it's the howl of an engine it's what makes you fall in love there's something visceral about it yeah um and you know something about the human ingenuity that developed that thing it's a very it's a very human experience i've watched tes i've stood on the starting line as a tesla set uh no joke the all-time quarter mile uh record for a tesla uh that i was two feet away announcing it as it happened 
uh, it was a 916 on a quarter mile, which is faster than a lot of demons and Hellcats, like like specific muscle cars built for drag racing. Yep. Um, it's so fast that technically uh, it's not NHRA illegal. You know what? You know what, though? It was less impressive than a car that runs a second slower. It, it, it's impressive to watch. There was something missing because it just goes, and it just takes off. And I'm it like, just, this is, as, it's just, as Jeremy Clarkson said, it just f's off. It did, um, but with no does. engine, it was just like, okay, you know, I didn't fall, have that same love that I do for when I watch a pro mod, you know, hurt my ears. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I don't know. I think it'll be interesting. I'm excited to see where this goes. I do think, yeah, I agree. That's the official stance of the show. Um, let's look into our alternative fuels. It, the, the technology exists, and we can retrofit our current yeah. system with. Uh, the American gas station industry. So I think it's stupid to do otherwise. I do too. Uh, One last thing before we wrap up here, I I do want to get into this too. Mm. Um, I think there is something to be said. Their given thing is about the series and how the series is run. I buy that there is a little bit of that because when formula E was introduced Tim, and it wasn't even that long ago, it was, the future, Five years ago. Yeah. The future of motorsports. The future of this is what Formula One will be looking like in the future. Our tracks are for shit. <laughs> Basically, right? Uh, I'm not going through and bleeping that out, folks. Sorry. We get a we get a PG 13 rating on this one. Uh, uh, dog dog on it. But uh but anyway, the uh what's the worst word I can get away with in uh don't go pg well because i well i think pg-13 you get one f-bomb per movie but we're not doing it tim that's not fcc friendly i was just gonna say dag nabbit (laughs) oh yeah okay you could say dag nabbit verbatim okay okay but uh (laughs) but uh i just pushing the envelope sorry god brad thompson told me it was okay uh you i'll tell you what i'll tell you what you can have as much foul language as you want when we record an episode with andy of the outlap podcast in person back in the espn studios within oh, reason be awesome. next next weekend after the bomberito 500 i but, I, I love all of our conversations with, with andy he's, <laughs> he's, he's a joy but um I think there is a little something to it because like I said, back in the day, it was the future of this is what the future of F1 is going to look like. Tim at the time, it felt like a gimmick and five years down the road, it still feels that way. They haven't seemed to have grown beyond anything other than it's formula E it's quirky and it has weird rules. It's, like that. We have fan boost. We have, does he have overtake on with our light up led attack halos, zone. our attack zone. Uh, it had the potential to be very, very cool. There were really cool aspects of it that they developed over time. The car actually, I think, looked good. It does. Um, it does. You know, and their their starts are amazing. I just, I think it fell down in a lot of different places. Um, you I know, and it didn't it didn't evolve in the right it, ways. It keeps marketing itself too towards, like to me, teens and influencers, like Cara Delevingne. Yes. Yeah. Who jumped in the car last week? Yeah. If it, I'm sorry, uh, like Cara Delevingne is cool as can be. Do not mistake me at all. I think she's an amazing model and actress. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think that she has a lot more in her uh, tool bag. But if a, if a supermodel can jump in the car and drive it, yeah. I'm not impressed. Yeah. But it seems to be aiming towards that crowd. Uh, they, like they have giant sim rig thing, you know, their sim 
series is huge, you know, is pumped up and may incredibly heavily. And, you know, you can hop in Sims at the festival, the electric fest. Right. And I'm like, at a point though, I just, I feel, I feel like you're aiming towards the wrong crowd. Does that make sense? Because, uh, because I they're don't. They're trying, yeah, they really should be trying more toward the indie car crowd. Yes. The, 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 not that indie car isn't blue collar, but you go to an average indie car race the and average, you see a guy in a polo shirt. You should be advertising towards the guy in the polo shirt that likes racing. The average indie car, indie car fan is a race fan at their core. Right. And yes. is someone who enjoys good racing. Mm-hmm. You know, a Formula One fan is someone who's gotten a little too into it and is starting to talk about, oh, his refinement around the apex. We really? say this is too massive mm. Formula One fans. By massive, way. massive. But I'm just saying the average Formula One fan can be a bit pretentious. A bit pretentious, you say. And indie car fans, I've I've yet to meet a single one who didn't like put their arm around me, ask, offer to buy a beer and talk indie car and talk racing. Yeah. I have yet to find one that doesn't. Yes. Um, Formula One. <laughs> Papa is going to be the one. Formula um, One calls it racecraft. IndyCar is like, man, I tell you what, he's talented coming out of that corner. You see how fast he is? He's blistering yeah, fast out of the it, corner. Right. Whereas F1 fans are, this racecraft on corner exit. Yeah. Let's look at his apex angle. It, and yes, I, I am taking the piss. I am taking the piss out of some uh, uh, podcast hosts. We who, say uh, this as remain people. nameless. Okay, again, again, if this is your first episode from us, we, we do anal- this all the time. We ana- legitimately, no tongue in cheek, we will analyze people's turn ins, turnouts, etc. We love doing it. We but- look at Apex feeds all the time. <laughs> all that, the but, time. but, but that the you should be aiming for those guys who mm-hmm. enjoy good races, and that's it. Yeah, but you're not. You're looking at, oh, he's got fan boost. Get. Get out of here. I don't want fan boost, man. And I know it doesn't even really. If fan boost much, like affects but... your race, then the race is wrong. And I know it doesn't even really affect all that much in the grand scheme of things, but still, how many fans guy it rubs me the wrong way as like a sports guy, right? Ugh. Uh as as a fan of multiple St. Louis sports teams that are rivals with Chicago sports teams that have more fans, it rubs me the wrong way. Um I, I think I think if you want to go the opposite, like if you want to go, if you want a blueprint, uh, and this is an opposite kind of blueprint, right? It's not the same crowd, but it's how to play to your crowd. I think SRX actually did a really good job of that in that they went to small town tracks, right? Uh, Stafford Motor Speedway, Slinger, Wisconsin, right? right. And every driver they have they're all signing autographs beforehand they're all open and when they have some kind of like you know hey we're doing competition stages they'll say because we want to put on a show we want a show we're here to boost these tracks attendance numbers we're here to save the small town race and we're just a bunch of big superstars but we like small town small track racing that is you played it straight to your chest in that also who shows up to small town tracks, small town racing fans, you play to your small town racing fans. Do influencers really show up to formula E races and do influencers? What are you? Let's talk about influencers. Let's, this is a thing across a lot of sports, honestly. Do you think 
that anybody gives a toss what a bodybuilder is going to talk about with sport. No, and here's the thing too the, is if the, you, yeah, but I was just going to say the go, bodybuilder go, go. Yeah. the bodybuilder is there for a specific thing like men and women both watch them because of the sex appeal. And you know, people that want to agree, get like that, they're like, just give me your body, their, your workout tips. I don't care about the rest. If they say, Hey, I like formula E it's a negligible difference. And it's just, you, you're not selling the same thing. You know, it, yeah. it, it's just, I don't I, know, put, do you got more of a crossover when you put what's his face who plays for the Miami heat right now into a car with uh, Lando Norris and you saw yeah. him get the shit scared out of him. It yeah. was funny as could be. Yeah, well, and, and like I want, I would say that too. Like I, I like uh, watching Tom Segura host a podcast, right? But when Tom Segura has to talk about any sport that's not the NFL, he likes the NFL a lot. But if he has to talk about any sport that's not the NFL, as a fan of that sport, I go, right? I like Bill Burr, right? When Bill Burr was first getting to Formula One. I, not to sound pretentious, but I've been a Formula One fan at like a at like a decade at that point. I was like, guys, uh, kind of shallow. When you're drinking your wine, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he actually watched Drive to Survive season one. That's what got him in. But uh, but uh, you know, and it's like I don't I don't go do things because Bill Burr says them. I don't go uh, do this because Tom Segura likes it because i if you're following an influencer that much you know where you differ from them right like my favorite movie reviewers i know that their take on an action movie i'm going to line up with their take on you know maybe a cheesy story i'm not going to line up with my favorite book reviewers on youtube i know for a fact that they go for a different thing than i do but we agree great yeah but you know i'm not going to be like oh you like the stradivarius violin Interesting. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna piss off over here. With right. My the thing that gets you, if you go to the Indianapolis 500 and you can and you canvas all 350,000 fans there on an entire, on an entire. Do you need me to stop recording? Um. I uh, sorry. No. Girlfriend just tried to call in uh, on Alexa, and every device sitting near me just went off. <laughs> sorry about that. Leave it in. Okay, she, we'll leave it she, in. She listens to the show. <laughs> okay, leave, we'll it, leave in. it in. This is uh, we this both is... got Amazon Echoes, uh, <laughs> and I, I asked her a few minutes ago. I'm like, "How do we do that drop-in thing?" Because I was going to talk to her about a, a recipe I wanted to try this weekend, <laughs> and all of a sudden, boo boo! Ah, why is all this stuff going off? My watch, my phone, my computer, so this my is... Echo. This is this is us shaming you then for calling during recording. That that yes, <laughs> love you, sweetheart. Uh, but... Good Lord. Can't, can't um, wait to meet you. Uh, yeah, can't wait to close yeah. with us. Uh, uh, anyway, yeah. Indianapolis 500. You go to the Indianapolis 500. You canvas all 350,000 fans that are there, right? Yes. How many are going to say that they're there because of an influencer? I'm going to guess under 2,000. I'm going to guess under 500. Yeah. How many are there uh, because their parents grew up fans of it? I would, 75%. I would guess 75%. You know who the other 25% are? Are people who got dragged along to a race. And this is where you're growing your fan base, right? People who got dragged along to a race, um, their friend was dragging them through Gasoline Alley, and they turned around, and their friend goes, that's Mario Andretti. And you go, I know that name. And Mario Andretti comes over, and he shakes your hand, 
and then you hear the roar of the the engine fire up from gasoline alley and wheel through that little you know that little tunnel that they have that little walkway that they have onto the front stretch and that's when you become a fan you, you know, become a fan you know the through, other spot yeah yeah go, go ahead. I, I see you become a fan through direct interaction preferably as close as possible at as young of an age as possible that is how you grow fans right we that, are yeah yeah we are seeing uh, in drag racing in promos we are seeing a, a small but noticeable boost in fans uh that are kid like little children like eight nine ten eleven right do you know why that is it's because larry jeffers race car has built a pro modified uh race car it's called the bad bus it looks like a school bus that is throwing down three and a half second eight miles it's it's phenomenal it's fun but then the kids go i want to go look at the bus they go look at the bus and jerry hunt the driver of the bus has a little like drawstring bag with the coloring book and a little coloring book and some markers and some crayons and he gives it to the kid and you know what happens next year the kid comes back because he wants to see the bus and then next year the kid comes back because he likes the race and maybe the bus will be there and he keeps coming back and keeps coming and that is how you build a fan. You're going to say the other way you do it in modern pandemic, you know, stay at home times yeah, is by having a very cool show specifically drive to survive where mm-hmm. people can stumble on it. Actually true story because uh, Christina did chime in uh, in such a way we were out to dinner with some of her close friends mm-hmm. and uh, they had seen our post about talking with Roman Grosjean and they said, Oh my God, we know who that is. We watched Drive to Survive. We'd never heard of it before, but during the pandemic, why the hell not? Yeah. And I was like, that's awesome. Yeah, he was like this. And and they were thrilled. And they're going to be watching the Bomberio 500, I'm assuming. Um, but they're, but that's how you grow your fan base is by people stumbling across you. And that feeling of, of just serendipitous joy yeah. when you find something that you can actually sink your teeth yeah. into. So in. Influencer, yeah, I'm yeah, as a takeaway, influencers are influential in their targeted demographic about their targeted Correct. subject. Correct. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And real estate influencers, I give no cares in the world. Yeah. And yes, I I self edited that um, about what they what they think of you know local cuisine or more importantly politics. Yeah. I I think it's all stupid. I care about comedian influencers, but not their sports takes. Uh, Yep. How, as we wrap up, as we wrap yes. up, uh, you're having dinner with, with Christina and her friends, right? Yes. And you're like, that's right. I met Roma Groshop because that happened to somebody who I met who was like, oh, you you, you watch Formula One. I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I cover it semi-professionally, um, <laughs> which is the best way to put how we That's the best way how we say that, yeah. right? It's, uh, but uh, We're, like, we're uh, hobbyist journalists. Hobbyist journalists, yeah. But uh, if anybody wants to hire us, you know, you know we're always open. Um, but uh, how how cool of an ego trip is it when you're like, oh, that's right. I, you know, Roman Groshan, I met him. He's nice. <laughs> it's, it's, he's brushing his shoulder, folks. Uh, well, yeah, I brushed my shoulder. <laughs> no, it was cool because they got to hear that what they saw on Netflix is real. Was, was true. Right. And because I, I could say, as we were walking out, um of the test you know i had to get going because it was i think what was it like eight or nine o'clock it's like 9 30 at night it was it was super late and they they ran and killed legitimately 10 30 they yeah they kept going well into the evening and and i walked past we're at the end of the pit lane we're getting a couple cool shots we're talking we're maybe thinking about getting another driver or two and uh luke dylan and i are walking back down and uh we go by grosjean's pit and his son 
is up with the with his you know head cans on you know sitting there acting like he's a pit boss acting you know just enjoying the moment and he's all alone like it's just this cute little moment and i walk down and roman's coming past us and he's taking some pictures with some fans on the side mm-hmm. and he comes By the way, past. he took a picture of a fan in a daniel ricardo jersey which is nice of him so nice of him but i but i stopped by and i kind of pointed and he stopped he goes what what like he was actually interested in what i had to say mm-hmm. and i'm like dude your your son is is sitting there and that's one of the coolest things i've ever seen and he goes i know maybe i can convince him to do what i do and it was just this cool little moment. I'm like, yeah, that's a cool guy who he just met me that day, but he pulled over to say, yeah, what's up? Yeah. So, you know, to, to be able to convey that to somebody at that dinner, that's awesome. Yeah, it's 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 cool. It is really cool. And uh, hopefully as we wrap up here, we can say the same thing about Alex Albon next year. I think we'll be able to. I, th- I think we will too, because he said it's his backup plan and I don't see him getting back. That's his F1. primary plan. There's no chance. There's, he doesn't get back into F1, not the way the seats are right now. Well, and, and why would you want to? <sighs> no. IndyCar is so much cooler. Go. <laughs> go. Just that, go. That's our wrap up. That's it. We're wrapping up. I've been Luke, as always. I've been Tim. Albon, get your ass over here. <laughs> we will talk to you next week. Post Bomberito 500. We will have... Uh, I anticipate one, at least one uh, special episode dropping later this week. Uh, I've, we're going to try, I'm trying to line up as many interviews as I can. Some of them uh, don't get back. Some of them are like, Hey, we can only, you know, we're only going to stick to our pre and post race stuff that will happen on zoom before and after the race, which I'll, I will go back and scrub, but there's a concert right after the race. And I just, you know, to hop on my laptop to room, you know, at a separate location, drive out of the race, hop on a laptop at home and get on and blah, blah, blah. It'd just be a pain when I can go listen to it afterwards. But uh, we have at least one interview set up, possibly more. Keep your ears to the ground for that. Post Bomberito 500. We'll have at least Andy on from the Outlap podcast or for the Outlap F1 podcast. They will be at the track as well. So follow both of our Twitter accounts uh, at Formation Lap 101 for us. Uh, and go you know we'll be we'll be posting stuff it'll be awesome it'll be a great time uh we can't wait for it truly this is uh maybe my favorite weekend of the year tam i, I think it's yours as well it is indeed outlap guys drive safe we're excited to see you yep and uh yeah we're gonna probably have some really good stuff for you guys so stay tuned we'll talk stay- to you guys soon peace <laughs>